everybody. Welcome to the show. Get this party started. All right, everybody. Welcome. Good morning. Today is Tuesday, September 20th. This is episode number 201 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Osher. And over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So if you're working in the industry, I don't care if you're SOC analyst, pen tester, GRC, there's going to be value here for you because it's so important to stay up to date on what the hell is going on in our industry. And if you're looking to break in the industry, I guarantee you, you're going to get asked in that job interview. What are you doing to stay current? This is a fantastic answer. But before we get into the top cyber news of the day, let me drop some shout outs and thanks to the stream sponsors, the people who make it happen. Barricade Cyber Solutions is our first one. Eric Taylor and the gang over there, they are dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done to, by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Just scroll down in the show description or type Barricade Cyber in Google. Go there. Eric's calendar's right there on the homepage. Set up a, a kind of a no-hassle, like no-nonsense meeting with them and just say, hey, we got hit by ransomware. What do you think we should do? Also, shout out to my man, Eric Capuano over at Recon InfoSec. Listen, Recon InfoSec's managed detection and response, their MDR solution, if you've heard that acronym, it includes the people, the process, the technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. You know, really, the sweet spot is like 100 employees up to like maybe 5,000 employees before you really get the funding to be able to hire uh, SecOps analysts on an internal staff. So MDR solutions are wonderful options. Their MDR solution includes fully managed SIM and SOAR. Customers gain full visibility into their own environment, as well as any incident investigations being worked by the Recon SOC. So thanks to Recon InfoSec. Link in the description below if you want to just go sniff around their MDR solution and see what's up. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications like CISP, CISM, CISA, each episode like this one of the Daily Th Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So don't be shy. Say what's up in chat. It's like saying here for a webinar and then it's recorded permanently. You win. And if an auditor ever says what's up, you can be like, I was there. See, it's half a CPE, two and a half a week, 10 a month. I recommend you document it probably quarterly, maybe annually if you want to go YOLO. Just put it in there. Say daily cyber threat briefing, 10 credits, month of uh, September. Now, if you are live, I love it. I see 84 of you in here right now, continuing to stack up, 88 uh, in some channels. Guys, love it, love it, love it. Thanks for being here. Hashtag Team Live. I see you, Casey Davis, in here. Joel Belton, Carrie, Mr. Jarboy, good morning. Guys, if you are watching on replay, we love having you here just the same. Team Replay or people too. Hashtag Team Replay in chat or in the comments if you're on Team Replay. I love the, the faction of Team Replay people. We make sure that they get covered with their uh, with our raffles and stuff like that. Um, 
But guys, if you're on replay, you got the benefit of time travel. So jump ahead in your podcast app of choice. Jump ahead on YouTube if that's what you're doing. You don't need to listen to the pleasantries because for the next two minutes and 30 seconds or so, I'm going to be saying what's up to Team Live here in chat and just welcoming everybody. It is 10 a.m. It is uh, Citadel Teaching Day. So today was all about malware. I talked about the great Morris worm, the original OG uh, that kind of broke the internet. I uh, talked a little bit about WannaCry and how that put ransomware on the map and double pulsar, eternal blue. So good times over at the Citadel. What's going on, Angel Valera? Good to see you, Nathan Bolin. Hey, Tom Bishop, always nice in chat. Adrian Gutierrez, Duke Norris in the house on Team Live. Hey, Amir. Also, Tibbet on LinkedIn. Hey, Matthew Necci coming in hot from Arizona. Remember, guys, next week, uh, or excuse me, tomorrow is Worldwide Wednesday. We're going to try to run the globe. So if you are international, please make make an effort to come here tomorrow for the live stream at 8 a.m. Eastern. Would love to knock it out again and be uh, two for two. Hey, Jeremy Williams, did you watch the replay of them play-by-play from yesterday? I did watch the Threat Gen play. Some of you are dropping really nice comments in chat. Uh, I did compete in the Threat Gen Red versus Blue Round 1 um, tournament. I was able to defeat Jack Scott narrowly. Jax had me against the ropes. If you were, if you were there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I tried to pull out every trick in my book. I got really lucky with a malicious USB drop in the parking lot. And a controller who works in the OT section plugged it in. I was able to pivot from his com- compromised computer into the HMI device and ultimately blow up the industrial control system with just a few turns left. It was a harrowing victory and made for great, great um, watching. So I'll be playing Stacy Loki tomorrow um, on Wednesday. The time has yet to be determined. Carl grabbed that USB. He sure did. He sure did. Carl was all up in it. Hey, Ryan Spishok. Hey, Jay Smith. Uh, I wouldn't use uh, that that Alexander uh, threat gens for CPEs. If you're talking about CEUs for the daily cyber threat briefing, definitely CEUs, CPEs, they're basically uh, synonymous with each other. Yeah, Carl's not allowed to touch macros. (laughs) We give Carl a speaking spell. That's what Carl's workstation is. Thank you, Michael Starnes, for the kind words. Hey, Jim Wales, good to see you. How's everybody doing today? I only had one cup of coffee today, so that kind of, I'm not too happy about that. I could have benefited from more coffee. So you're going to get a more subdued version. Whoop, that's the wrong one. This this is what subdued Jerry looks like, okay? (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, guys, looks like um, we're all kind of settled in here. Good to see everybody. Let's get into the news. Let's rock and roll. Hey, Anna Lynn. Nice to see you. Martin Van Linden, always nice. Joseph Gambaluri. Yeah, 3X on the coffee, my friend. Hey, Earl. Anthony Gibbs, it's been a minute. Yeah, speak and spell. Exactly. All right, guys. Let's get into the, to the news. I wish you all a wonderful Tuesday. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. The shifting ways of Chrome Loader. Microsoft and VMware warned of an ongoing malware campaign using Chrome Loader. Researchers observed this dropping malicious browser extensions, node WebKit malware, and ransomware. This isn't an extremely new campaign, with Red Canary researchers warning of an uptick in attack traffic in Q1 2022. 
This shows a change of pace for the malware, which initially redirected traffic to advertising sites for click fraud. While the attackers still use Chrome Loader for this type of attack, Palo Alto Networks reported that it evolved into an info stealer in July. The most current strain comes from ISO files sent through malicious ads, browser redirects, and YouTube video comments. Researchers note that starting as adware meant Chrome Loader didn't appear on a lot of analysts' radar until it escalated into a more capable threat. All right. So this has to do with a Chrome browser extension. Chrome is a very popular web browser. I'm just looking at the um, the, the kind of execution visual here. Um, looks like you know malicious links in YouTube. It, somehow it pushes a file to the individual who then installs it on their machine underneath the hood, not visible to the user. Um, some JavaScript runs. There is fraudulent clicking. Um, so uh, end user is not clicking on stuff, but it's 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 done automatically through the Chrome extension, which basically if you're getting paid per click, you can force that. So this is fraud. This is fraud, uh, but it's not really, unfortunately, this isn't really malicious to the end user, at least the click fraud activities. Um, it's it's not good to the salespeople. The problem here, it doesn't show it in the, it does not show it in the um, graphic here, but I mean, this is basically just click fraud, but it doesn't show it in the graphic here. The, the, the main thing to concern here is that it is turning into an info stealer, which uh, Unit 42 over at, PA, at Palo Alto um, has noted, right? So when this turns into a, Info stealer, as you can see now, the Chrome extensions here. Yeah, so <laughs> you want to be very, very careful, guys. It says, okay, I guess. Okay, so now I'm getting a little confused. I thought it was a Chrome extension, which it sounds like is originally what it was, but now it's installing as a full binary executable. Um, this is no different than any other malware at this point. So, kind of made its bones, if you will as a Chrome extension for um, click fraud, uh, but now they're doing info stealer. So long story short, wh what I would advise to you is obviously if there's a surge in this, there's an uptick in activity. One, I don't, oh, hold on. L. Scott Munoz, thanks, to the, uh, thanks for joining the squad, my friend. Welcome to the party. Enjoy those emotes. Guys, with the Chrome, this Chrome loader, uh, all I would advise is make sure your EDR solutions are looking for this executable, this Chrome loader installer. Uh, that's basic. Obviously, um, executables, uh, the hashes can be changed, but if you have a, a decent EDR solution that's looking for whatever kind of the process tree is that the Chrome loader runs, you'd want to do that, test it in a lab or something like that. I don't know. I'd be curious, Chad. I'll go back and watch the video. I don't know if there's a good way to manage Chrome extensions in kind of a centralized IT management way. Um, you might be able to lock down Chrome so end users can install extensions, but you're going to get into usability features and issues where people are like, I want to install ad blockers and stuff like that. So you can't pick and choose. You might be able to whitelist certain Chrome extensions, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, obviously, do not store your passwords, credit card information, sensitive information in the browser. You know how the browser will always pop up and be like, hey, I see you're, you're writing this stuff down. Can I, can I save that for you? The answer is no. Save your secrets in a password vault, OVS. Um, that's all I'll say about this one. It's right now info stealers are kind of hot, right? Ransomware is super hot, obviously, but info stealers, particularly redline info stealer, are incredibly hot right now. They're commodity malware. They can get packaged all sorts of different ways, uh, but they are stealing information, especially as more and more people 
are doing uh, like, you know, federated authentication, getting tokens, uh, you know, your Bitcoin crypto wallets, et cetera. So just be mindful. Ransomware attacks fall in the first half. No, that wasn't a typo. According to a new report from the Cyber Insurer Coalition, ransomware attack frequency and cost both fell from the second half of 2021 to the first half of 2022. Average ransomware payment demands fell 35% in that time to $896,000. In the first half, Lockbit was the most commonly claimed ransomware strain, accounting for 12%. Lawrence accounted for the highest average ransom demand at $3.5 million. While ransomware had a bit of a down start to 2022, phishing saw an uptick. Insurance claims citing phishing accounted for 60% of all claims, up from 32% in 2021. All right. We've got a nice donut chart here. So uh, call your executives. Get your executives on the horn. Uh, we've got donut charts here. They can walk into the into the sock or the knock now, and we can show them something pretty. Um, so this is interesting. Um, you know, I knew that this would eventually happen one day, but ransomware attack frequency going down. Now, as far as amount goes, let's be real. The value of cryptocurrency has crashed dramatically, Right. If threat actors are like, oh, give me two Bitcoins, you know, if it's $90,000 a Bitcoin, that's $180,000. And now if it's $30,000 Bitcoin, it's $60,000. Yes, they could maintain the, the US dollar value of their ransom. But as recessions are hitting, as Bitcoin values are going down, I think it's my understanding that threat actors will ask for an amount of money that is worth their time, but also not a tough decision for the business to make, right? So if you're a business, Joel Belton's ice cream shop makes a million dollars a year. Great job, Joel, scooping ice cream. Joel Belton's ice cream shop makes a million dollars a year. So if you get ransomware on there, asking for like $30,000 is something that Joel will do. He won't be happy about it, but he, want, he wants to get back to scooping ice cream. And this is just the cost of doing business. If I ask Joel Belton's ice cream shop for $18 million, He's going to immediately say, well, no, and just start executing. And then me as the ransomware threat actor, I've got nothing except annoyed and wasted my time. So all that's a long way to say that as the value of all this is going down, as the recession is going down, as businesses are laying people off, I suspect the value of the amounts that they're talking about going down is consistent with kind of basically market economics, right? It's not because threat actors are like, Oh, like you're getting so good at catching us that we're going to ask for lower ransoms. No, like that has nothing to do with it. Now, the attack frequency of ransomware incidents going down, that is interesting. I hope as we've gotten better with uh, security tooling, being able to detect and stop ransomware before it hits, with educating end users in not doing dumb stuff, Carl, <laughs> right? As we've done all the things... Because we've been living with ransomware, like major ransomware for five years now. So, you know, I feel like we've come a long way as an industry on protecting uh, and obviously uh, quicker recovery and stuff like that. So maybe the golden age of ransomware is beginning to peter out. Um, but I think that that would attribute to why there's less frequency. This is great. This is great. And you could you could almost chalk this up as a win. Um, but keep doing basic fundamentals. Keep doing the blocking and tackling because the only way that we're going to continue to address this issue and drive it down is by continuing to do blocking and tackling. Also, it doesn't hurt that Interpol, here we do do this. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. 
right? It doesn't hurt that Interpol is doing these massive coordinated takedowns of ransomware threat actors, right? We saw Revil get taken down. Um, Conti basically dissolved. Um, now, that might have done with Ukraine, Russia. But anyways, we've seen that happen. Um, a couple new ransomware threat actors have cropped up, but you're seeing it kind of less. So this is a great indication of things to come uh, for us. And you know what? Round of applause for us. Like it's been, it's been, <laughs> it's been a hard couple of years with the ransomware people. Pentagon orders review of social media influence campaigns. Last month, we covered disclosures from Meta and Twitter identifying networks of fake accounts believed to be tied to influence operations by the U.S. military. Now, the Washington Post sources say that the Pentagon ordered a sweeping review of U.S. information warfare operations conducted on social platforms. All branches of the military will reportedly provide a full account of all operations by next month. The White House became increasingly concerned about the use of these psychological operations in the wake of last month's reporting. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh... I mean, according to the article here, it's saying that the accounts that were being used were actually not really popular accounts, less than a thousand followers, only had a few likes or retweets. Sounds like my, <laughs> sounds like Gerald Osher's Twitter account, LOL. Okay, here's the thing. I've said this before. I'll say it again because it's worth mentioning. Guys, just because those of us who are U.S. citizens, um, and this is the U.S. government, like a lot of times you, when you say threat actor, people immediately say threat actors, Russia, China, North Korea, right? Um, it's all about perspective, right, guys? So the United States has a first world cyber capability and we utilize it on our adversaries, right? Who think of us as threat actors, okay? In the grand scheme of things, macro, macro, national power type stuff, if you're going to influence power at the national level over another country or body, you have four options. And I've said this before, diplomatic, information, military, or economic, right? You can sanction the crap out of their economics like we do in North Korea. You can attack them militarily like we saw in, you know, whatever, um, World War II or, you know... <laughs> the middle, the Gulf War, um, and then information, guys. And this is information. So we're using Twitter accounts, social media accounts to manipulate and stoke U.S. sentiment in foreign countries. Guys, I hate to say this because this is a fact, but this is no different than U.S. adversaries weaponizing Twitter in the 2016 election to... Um, in, incite a lot of emotions, a lot of anger, a lot of issues, a lot of turmoil all around the U.S. presidential election. It's been proven, right, that there were foreign adv foreign actors operating in that space, manipulating information in order to cause um, disruption in the population. This is this isn't much different. It's just the U.S. doing it to other countries. So it's psyops. It is a real thing. It's part of the arsenal that is any first world powers playbook and it maps into that dime that i mentioned diplomatic information military economic it's it's the information one this is how you do it uh so i don't know why the pentagon is auditing it i mean it sounds like normal operations i guarantee you nobody in the u.s military or you know government stood up a twitter account as like i'm going to be a lone wolf threat actor and i'm going to do pro pro u.s sentiment without any guidance or orders these are definitely missions 
and you know creating the account saying certain things the bots all of it is the tactical execution on that mission okay so we'll see it'll probably be classified the findings from all this uh but it's interesting um and it, it doesn't surprise me frankly that the u.s is doing this what surprises me is that it's public news that they're going to be doing an audit of this type of content it seems like that might be classified but whatever here it is Parlor pivots to web services. In early 2021, we covered the social network Parlor's ban from many app stores after being linked to the January 6th Capitol riots. The app actually got started in 2018 as a no censorship platform, a space notably more crowded since the launch of Truth Social and Getter apps. Now the social media platform announced its restructuring into Parliament Technologies, which will provide uncancelable cloud services. Rather than start from scratch, the company used a recent $16 million funding round to acquire the California-based cloud services company Dynascale to provide these services. And now thanks All to right. the- I mean, whatever. This isn't a surprise. I mean, this is an interesting way to do it. Okay, guys? So Parler, uh, hotly contested app. Um, it's a social media app. You guys know about it. If you don't know about it, basically, um, they don't want to censor anything. So the whole argument was that Oh, Twitter is suppressing certain views, certain opinions, like free speech should be everywhere. Guys, we've seen like 4chan, 8chan, like th that's free speech. And it's pushed to the corner of the internet because it's so radical in some subcapacities um, that some people are like, this is just out of control. Like there's got to be some, some guardrails on this thing. Uh, so Parler, you know, and now there's Truth Social and all these other ones um, is, is competing with that. So the interesting thing here isn't about what the platform is and what it talks about and what the discussions are around that. What's interesting is that many software platforms like Twitter, like Instagram or whatever, they leverage cloud infrastructure like AWS or Google Cloud in order to host their infrastructure. And that's the whole beauty of cloud is that you only have to worry about you know the platform as a service, um, and the cloud solution handles all of the bare metal stuff, the operating system. Um, if you get really more advanced in like DevOps and, and you know cloud, real cloud infrastructure, you can spin up and spin down resources depending on demand and use of the platform. That way you're only paying for what you need, just in time resources, um, et cetera. Well, if AWS is your business partner that you're relying to host your whole infrastructure and AWS no longer likes you, you are screwed, right? It doesn't matter what contract you have in place. Um, if they don't want to host you, then that's it. So the way around this is to basically host your own infrastructure. Now they call it their own uncancelable cloud, but it's not cloud. They are basically buying their own infrastructure, right? That's what it is. The whole thing of cloud is that it's Manage somewhere else and it's scalable and all these other resources and, and stuff like that. When you do this, this should say parlor pivots to 1980, you know, 1993 IT infrastructure approach. That that's what this is, right? I mean, they can scale up and scale down. I'm sure they got hypervisors and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, this is this is their own infrastructure. This isn't cloud, right? I mean, that's you know, whatever. So yeah, and now they, obviously they won't cancel themselves because they own their own infrastructure. All right, it's just a play on words. I mean, to call it cloud is is it's almost, um, you know, hackneyed to the point where it's it's just a you know it's buzzy. It's whatever. This episode sponsor six clicks. 
experience the magic of Haley, the Six Clicks artificial intelligence engine for risk and compliance. With Haley, organizations can automatically show cross-compliance between regulations or identify gaps to external compliance requirements in their policies. Eliminate manual and costly risk and compliance processes by joining the hundreds of businesses that trust Six Clicks. For more information, visit sixclicks.com slash CISO series. Hey, Gary Stairgeds with the $10 Super Chat. Can I pull this thing up? How, do, how can we do this? Where, where is this? Gary, I want to say thank you very much. That was very generous of you. I, yeah, look at this. Look at this, man. Thanks for the 200 episodes. Team Replay yesterday. Welcome to the party, Gary. And thank you for supporting the channel. Thanks for the kind words. Glad you were on hashtag Team Replay and happy to have you on hashtag Team Live today. Now, guys, check it out. I'm going to do this really quickly. It is the mid-roll read, so I want to take a hot minute and just say thank you to all of you and also kind of just pump something out really quickly. Guys, I kind of teased this yesterday. This moved a little bit faster than I was thinking. I now have one of these really cool logos on TCM Academy. I am going to be getting a shirt of this, I guarantee you, and start promoting this. This just went live like an hour ago. Um... This is the D the GRC Analyst Masterclass. This is the exact same class that has been hosted on Simply Cyber School. I'll be running them in parallel. Uh, I will send out uh, frequently asked questions uh, to students, all students. And I know many of you are already taking this class. All students will be imported into TCM Academy and have this course enrolled to you. Eventually, I want to roll back Simply Cyber School. Uh, it's it's a lot of maintenance. It's a lot of operations. I answer a lot of emails, and I'm one person, and I've got a lot going on. So by moving it into TCM, I can take advantage of... I mean, Heath has basically built an entire staff who handles stuff. So I can just focus on the course and the students and not focus on refunds, password resets, login troubles, a host of issues that I get emailed about all the time and I feel that I need to um, do. Hey, Beaky Dumeyer, you're gonna love it. Okay, guys, so I'll send out an FAQ. The TLDR is, this is the same course, so don't buy it again. Don't think it's a separate course. I don't want you to waste your money like that, but just know that you will be imported in here. Um, and you know the Simply Cyber School will persist. It's just you know we'll we'll see. But anyways, I got a sweet sick logo. I'm part of the TCM security scene now. Whoop whoop whoop. Let's see. Um, what would be a good sound effect? This one, right? Like, you know, I guess. I came in like there we go. I am gonna get in on a shirt, guys. If you don't know about the newsletter, people in chat who have gotten the newsletter, please drop your thoughts in chat on the newsletter exclamation point newsletter simplycyber.io slash newsletter will take you here um michael starnes with the five dollar super chat oh michael starnes thanks so much michael let me give you a, a toasty on that one genuinely appreciate it michael uh guys get three cyber actionable uh tasks for end users and executives every monday in your inbox the tldr here is i tell you exactly how you can kick major before most people have their cup of coffee okay like it's you don't have to like fumble through it and figure out what to do i tell you specifically do this because of this and i find it excellent we've sent four out to date if you're not getting them and you signed up 
then make sure it's not in your spam filter or anything like that. But that's what we're doing. Again, um, sign up for this because I think it's wicked awesome and I want everybody to enjoy it. All right, guys, thanks so much for that. Let's get back into the news. Court upholds Texas's social media law. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit ruled that Texas's HB 20 law does not violate the First Amendment rights of social media platforms. The law bars platforms with over 50 million users from acting to block, ban, remove, deplatform, demonetize, deboost, restrict, deny equal access or visibility to, or otherwise discriminate against expression based on viewpoint. So under the law, platforms can still operate content moderation. Those policies just can't be based around specific viewpoints. Now, you may recall that the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals ruled a similar Florida law did violate platforms' First Amendment rights back in May. So, two very similar laws, one of which doesn't violate the freedom of speech, the other does. What this means is that an appeal to the Supreme Court appears likely. Wyden warns about CBP. Yeah, okay, so we talked about this. It's actually been a minute. Do you guys remember? This was like in the news, like maybe in March time frame. Um, basically... Uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, they have the ability to selectively suppress certain messages and content, right? Um, and the argument here is, well, who gets to decide what gets suppressed, right? So like, let's just say for a super ex easy example, let's say that Twitter is like uber, uber, super liberal, right? So any um, uh, Republican messaging content thoughts, you know, uh, pro pro um life etc all, all that stuff gets suppressed no matter what so then it just becomes an echo chamber of all the liberal uh liberal views and all that or you know vice versa right you know someone's in charge and they're wicked republicans so they suppress all of these um liberal issues and stuff like that right so who gets to decide that and that's really the crux of uh in the concern with this now uh the the, the tech giants or or the Somebody, I think the courts or whatever, the state said, hey, you can't suppress us. It's a violation of our First Amendment right. And the tech giant said, well, we'll go to court. This thing got bumped up immediately to the Supreme Court, by the way, which is what I commented in the story in March. I'm like, how the hell do you get like to cut the line um, to go to the Supreme Court like that? Um, one hint, Kimberly. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. I'm not saying you can buy your way into the Supreme Court, but what I'm saying is if you're, you know, probably a huge fundraiser, super PAC donation type person. Uh, you've got connections in power. Maybe, you know, you can cut the line and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's like getting a table at a restaurant when you don't have a reservation because you're a celebrity. They're like, oh yeah, come on right up here to the front. Okay. Anyways, this thing gets reviewed, kicked back to the fifth um, district circuit court or whatever from the Supreme Court and the federal appeals court upheld the controversial law. So they're saying that the social media uh, platforms that have more than 50 million users, which is basically Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all these, is not allowed to suppress uh, commentary. So, you know, obviously the tech giants are going to appeal this up to the Supreme Court, I would assume, uh, to finally get some disposition to get a, a Supreme Court judge ruling on this, which will be definitive. Um, but this is pretty interesting guys, especially leading up to the 2024 election. This will be resolved. This will be, there will be judgment made on this before the 2024 election. I guarantee you. And it will be interesting if it's deemed that the t platforms can't suppress how rancor and how, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, you know, not toxic, but like, like fighting, like fighting. There's a, there's a word for it. How, how turbulent it will get on those platforms. I'd be really curious. I mean, they still have to censor some, I assume, um, you have to have some censorship or it's totally off the rails, but what that looks like, what is the policies, what is the oversight? What's the transparency on that? That's all going to be really, really interesting. So stay tuned for that. Data collection. U.S. Senator Ron Wyden raised the alarm again on why discretion U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents have to access U.S. citizens' devices at Damn. the border. Hold on. All that's required. Zalia Surajou, Zalia Surajou with the super chat. I need to get a super chat uh, button. I, I haven't gotten three super chats ever, so I'll do three Mario coins until I can come up with a better one. I'll get a super chat one. Thank you so much. Uh, Zalia, for the super chat, genuinely appreciate the support and glad you're enjoying the show. Required is reasonable suspicion that a traveler is breaking a law or a threat to national security in order to copy data. Border authorities are not required by law to get a warrant in order to access the content of any electronic device. The Washington Post reports that in a briefing with Congress, CBP said its officials access roughly 10,000 devices a year and add data from those devices to a central database. 2,700 CBP officers have access to that database. Oh my God. Okay. So, oh my God. Okay. So this is interesting. So in order to leave the country or re-enter the country, prob it's probably re-enter the country. You have to, if you're asked by border patrol to unlock your phone and give it to them, um, they'll, or they won't let you in. I'm, I'm sure that's a hell of a motivator. Do you want to come back into the United States? Do you want to come back to your home? Give me your phone, unlock it. And then they basically just rip the drive and then hand it back to you. That's all of your text messages, your photos, your personal notes, your email that's stored on the device, passwords. That's a lot of information. That's a lot of private information. Um, what is gross to me is obviously this is kind of, this is a major privacy violation, and it seems almost exploitive because. They've got you where you can't re-enter the country unless you do this. This is my understanding from the story. So they've really got you in a, in a pickle, right? So you're going to comply even if you're um, disgusted by the action. What really bothers me is what are they doing with the... Um, oh, Anna Lynn with the super chat. Anna Lynn and, and a, a squad member. Thanks so much, Anna Lynn. Definitely love it. Definitely love it. Guys, here's the deal. What are they doing with the data? That's the part that pisses me off. Like, why are they pulling it down, right? Like, pulling it down and then doing what? Are you running a script, like, like regex across it just to see if there's something in there that's nefarious? What are, you, what are you doing with it? Why are you pulling it? Like, just to have a huge-ass stock database of citizens' data is not acceptable. That's hot trash. Additionally, what are you doing to protect it? Who are you encrypting it? Who has access to it? According to the report, everybody at uh, the Border Patrol has access to it. You know who works at the Border Patrol? Carl! Carl works at the Border Patrol. Benjamin Shine with a $5 super chat. Boom. On. Boom. Thank you. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. I've got to get a super chat sounder. I'll take. Anyone have a suggestion for a super chat com comment? I will definitely. 
uh, read it in chat and, and take advantage of it. Thank you. All right, guys, here's the thing. I'm grossed out by the story. It pisses me off. I think it's a total abuse of power. Um, there needs to be transparency and a cause. Just like police can't pull you over and just like take your crap from you. It's illegal. Illegal search and seizure. This is search and seizure. It's just, oh my God. Hey, Justin Gold, gifted memberships. Thanks, Justin Gold, for the gift on the membership. Uh, this story pisses me off for multiple reasons. You finally see some of Facebook's 2018 app audit. Damn, Munchkin with the $10 super chat. Thank you, Munchkin. Give you two coins for that one. Thank you. Remember the Cambridge Analytica scandal? Facebook sure hopes you don't. After revelations about what that app could collect from friends of its users on Facebook, oh my God. the company announced an app audit on all third-party apps. Results of this audit have never been publicly revealed. However, recently unsealed court documents in a California lawsuit show the results of the app audit on Zynga and Yahoo. Using the friends' permissions data access route, Zynga's top 500 apps on Facebook could access things like photos, videos, activities, events, interests, likes, and work history on the friends of 200 million users. The company also shared social network IDs and personal information to third parties, including advertisers. Yahoo's app impacted the friends of 123 million users. Due to being on a further vetted list of developers, Yahoo acquired information deemed sensitive due to the potential for providing insights into preferences and behavior. Yeah, I mean, if you guys like, I recommend you read this story before lunch so you don't throw it up when you when you read it. Guys, here's the deal. No surprise. Facebook is a Fortune 3 company, Fortune 10 for sure. They make millions and billions of dollars. Mark Zuckerberg, for all of his faults, is really, really wealthy because they sell the crap out of the data about the users of Facebook. This is one of the reasons I don't use Facebook. Listen, you should not be surprised, but the level and depth of what they're collecting and the access they're selling is alarming. A lot of people are like, oh, who cares if if the company knows what kind of Disney princess I am. It's like, bro, you have no idea the level of detail and the granularity of the data that they're pulling on you, all that you're posting, everyone you're interacting with, how often you're interacting with them, the the, the emotion and tone of your interactions with those people. It's 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 not which, you know, Kit Kat, like, would you be a Kit Kat bar or a Hershey bar quiz? It's so much deeper than that. Um, anyways... This is a really interesting story. I'm kind of rushed for time, so I'm going to kind of move. Guys, chat, chat. You guys are blowing me up today with the super chats. Thanks so much, Alex. Um, I saw um, Joel Belton came through here with a with a squad member, I think, or a super chat. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling over all these super chats. I was not prepared. I, super chats don't typically come in, so I'm, I wasn't prepared. Google accidentally pays security researcher. Yoga Lab security engineer Sam Curry posted on Twitter that Google paid him $249,999.99 last month, but it's not clear why. Curry said he's collected bug bounties from companies, including Google, in the past. But he said he didn't submit any bugs that would call for this type of payment. Google later disclosed that it made an accidental payment, citing human error. It said it began working to correct it, although Curry said he still has the money in his account over the weekend. Curry further wondered what kind of checks Google had in place to prevent such accidental bug bounty payments going forward. Thanks, Ron Clark and Kimberly for the subs. I love it. You guys have been longtime squad mates, so I think I think it's renewals. But guys, uh, you know what? Shout out to this guy for 
having 250 grand show up in his bank account and then opening a help desk ticket with Google to to uh, ask why. I will tell you, as, as fun and as salacious as it is to receive money for no reason, clearly it's not your money. So if you are going YOLO and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to go buy uh, $250,000 worth of, of beers and throw like the biggest rager ever. I'm going to fly everybody to Cabo. We're getting, we're getting kegs of 90 minute IPA. We're going bananas here. Um, chances are at some point you're going to have to pay this back. The accounting error will be discovered. Um, I just think it's funny. He opened a help desk ticket. Who knows? Maybe Google will give him a little taste for his honesty and his integrity. Um, but you know, I will say this too. <laughs> there's chances are there's somebody who found a major bug that didn't get their $250,000. Although I would say this has to be an error, a technical error, because 250 grand is a wildly high bounty. You don't typically see bounties in the 250 grand region. Like like that most I see is like 75 to 100,000. Uh so that's really interesting. Um so, you know, I guess guys, you got to remember there's like lots of moving parts, lots of people involved. Uh accidents can happen. Uh, so stay tuned for this. Oh my God, guys. I, I, I'm like, oh my God, what, what is going on? Super chats all over the place. My God, people, you are loving it today. And I love, I love, I love the support guys. I genuinely appreciate it. So we got a couple minutes here. Benny Rodriguez with a mad super chat. Woo. Thanks Benny for supporting the show. Genuinely appreciate it. Guys, if you are got a super chat sound effect idea drop it in chat i'll go back and look i got a busy day uh those are the news stories today i want to remind everybody that in 18 minutes 18 minutes we continue the 2022 cyber league red versus blue invitational tournament eric taylor ruthless e is going to be taking on josh mason guys this is like the battle of yesterday was me versus jacks Two Simply Cyber Daily Threat Briefing hosts versus Josh and Eric. I just made this connection right now. Two other Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing hosts. So if you're interested, you can go to... You could stay right here on Simply Cyber because I will be rebroadcasting it since I am a shoutcaster of this particular matchup. Um, so stay tuned here or go over to ThreatGen. Um, the, the feed from ThreatGen is what will be rebroadcast on Simply Cyber. So you will get that shoutcast analysis if you want to follow eric taylor go to barricade cybers youtube channel if you want to follow josh mason go to joshua um, 17 sc's youtube channel i do believe eric taylor is red team and josh mason is blue team so i'm definitely looking forward to that match we're right at time guys i, I just want to i just want to thank you guys that was very very generous Mario coins for everyone. Very generous of, of you all today for the super chats. I really appreciate you uh, supporting the channel, supporting me, supporting the, the projects and initiatives that I run. Uh, hopefully you guys get that newsletter. You sign up, exclamation point newsletter. Um, you know, I'm very, I'm very excited about uh, joining TCM Academy and getting my own Eagle head logo uh look forward to i'm gonna get a shirt i'll throw it on the merch store if anyone else wants one uh i'm gonna order this thing post haste uh, super excited uh, it's very cool very cool all right guys thank you michael starnes i love you guys too you guys are the best you guys 
Do you know how often people comment? I don't know if you guys wouldn't know this, but like people regularly message me and say, I can't believe how kind and generous and supportive and nice your community is. Guys, this isn't what we do in here. This isn't typical. There's a lot of great communities out there, but this isn't typical. Sometimes there's toxicity, some there's elitism, sometimes there's, you know, um, you know, like what we do here is awesome. And it's really all because of you guys. So thank you very much uh, for all that you do. Munchkin, read my super chat. Okay, let, uh, let me read Munchkin's super chat. Let me go find it. Let me see. Zalia's super chat was good. The nice thing is they color code these things. Where's the super chat? Oh, I can't go back that far. Um, oh, Munchkin, here we go. Munchkin says, we do in Super Chat. Thanks for being awesome and providing this amazing resource to us, making news even more entertaining to watch and learn. It is my pleasure. It is my pleasure, Munchkin. I am, I subscribe heavily to the, to the philosophy of being a leader who serves. So the best way that I can help everyone is by serving and that's that's how i that's how i operate so thank you everybody hey nudist nudist new to the channel dig in sit back relax there's something here for everybody we do the daily threat briefing every morning we got lives on thursday all right guys i'm gonna roll over and switch shirts get into my shoutcast gear and, and deliver a hell of a, of a broadcast on Eric Taylor versus Josh Mason right now. Guys, be good. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in about 10 minutes.